Now, what would be the odds that that was happening again, that that wasn't a new report? Was that a new report or an old report? That's what I'm asking. Is it a new report or an old report? Is that a new report? Well, we don't know. When a seasoned sports fan teams up with a millennial, opinions may vary, but the debates assuredly won't disappoint. Check your sources. It's New Report, Old Report. Here's your hosts, John Lund and Al Renato. Well, Al, another exciting week in athletics sports continues to not disappoint as long as sports continue to be played it's march which means the madness approaches we're getting closer and closer to conference tournament time hoping that all teams decide to participate in said conference tournaments the nba could use a break and thankfully one is coming despite some of the players having to play in an all-star competition And Major League Baseball had spring training start up. And so far, so good. No anomalies or troubles as of yet. It's good to hear the crack of the bat. And it's good to have sports. We have to keep saying that. Because after 134 days of not having sports, let's not forget what happened last March in a couple weeks from now. So we thank our lucky stars we can continue doing this show. And as we also always say, nobody circles the wagons quite like the National Football League. And for whatever reason, a certain gentleman in the NFL who claims to not enjoy the pomp and circumstance of the sports media, who tries to remain humble in what he does both on and off the field, that someone is J.J. Watt, who would like you to believe of his humbleness. And he is quite a humble man. A kind man off the field has done wonders for the city of Houston. But when it comes to social media, he knows what he's doing. He knows exactly how to pull the strings. And that's exactly what he did when he decided what football team he wanted to play for. And in a surprising move, he's going to the Arizona Cardinals, Al. He's taking his talents out west to play with Kyler Murray and co., Maybe he's just getting the old Texans band back together. DeAndre Hopkins is already there. Maybe he could woo Deshaun Watson to come in a trade for Kyler Murray. They all just want to go play at a different place, maybe a little hotter in Arizona. But that's where J.J. Watt said he wanted to go after there were rumors on Peloton of all places that he was going to pick three different teams. What type of shirt was he going to wear in the picture? He has a Cardinals shirt on. He sent the Arizona Cardinals shirt to his brother's best friend from high school's home so nobody would intercept the package coming to his house and figure out where he was going. Why did this need to be such a hugely kept secret? J.J. Watt is, is on the downturn of his career. I understand it's all fun and games and let's enjoy it a little bit, but... We don't have to go overboard. Does anyone care really that much where J.J. Watt goes to play football? Apparently, if we're looking at Peloton, which ends up being a fake account, to decide and decipher where will J.J. Watt play football? Well, thank God we got the answer. He's going to the Arizona Cardinals. I have not really fathomed what the big deal is here. J.J. Watt was a... You know, I guess great. I never thought of him as a great player. 
I thought it was a really, really good player who had, you know, some great seasons. But, you know, in the biggest games, I never saw J.J. Watt. Either because J.J. Watt didn't show up in the biggest games or J.J. Watt didn't play in the biggest games. Uh, second half of his career hurt a lot. Injuries basically from head to toe. And a dominant player at times during the regular season. Never in his limited postseason appearances. Wanted out of Houston. Made the announcement. Ownership says, okay. No, they weren't exactly knocking down the door. Whether it was Buffalo. Whether it was Pittsburgh. Whether it was Green Bay. Got a lot of guaranteed money for a year. Uh, more than I would I would have paid him. Uh, certainly didn't want my Ravens to make that kind of investment. He's got Chandler Jones. From where? Syracuse. On the other side. So I'm sure that was a factor for him where he didn't have to go somewhere and be the guy. Not that I think anyone bringing him in thought he would be the guy because this is clearly a player who is on the downside versus you know, the bottom of the barrel of his career, but clearly on the downside. And the question becomes, you know, how many snaps are you going to get? Um, how healthy can he stay? How much of an impact can he have? I've heard a lot of quote-unquote experts rave about this signing because of the fact that Chandler Jones is on the other side. And he can just peel his ears back, as they say, and rush the passer. I don't buy it. Uh, I've always thought J.J. Watt was overrated, uh, both on and off the field. I thought he always found his way to a camera. I know he's done a lot of wonderful things for the city of Houston, and kudos to him for doing that. But as a player and as a newsmaker, I've never been quite on the J.J. Watt bandwagon. And, you know, there are just a lot of guys I thought were better players. It's a lot of guys I thought were more impactful. It's a lot of guys I thought have had better careers uh, and been more of a force for their team than J.J. Watt has in his years at Houston. And I could be out to lunch. I could be off base. But I just i am not quite sold on J.J. Watt being this huge impact player or addition for anybody. And in terms of where he's going, I mean, Christ, at his age, what do you want to go in Pittsburgh and play in the cold for? What do you want to go in Wisconsin and play in the cold there for? I can certainly see Arizona. Absolutely. It's warm all the time, man. And who else is in that county? Who else is in that division? San Francisco. Not that it's that warm there, but you know, it's not the AFC or the NFC North. And the Rams, well, it's always warm there. And Seattle, you know, it's always wet there, uh, besides your home games. So I, I could certainly see why he made the choice. And early on, remember, Hopkins said he was going to make the pitch. Maybe that's what did it. Hopkins said, come to Arizona. And he did. It was interesting in the pomp and circumstance around the event, as mentioned earlier, I didn't expect there to be that much excitement. Obviously, it's of news and of note where he goes to play football. But as you mentioned, it's not the franchise quarterback upping and leaving. It's not this incredibly impactful player that's deciding to go to another team. Maybe it would have been had he been traded. This could have been more 
exciting in a sense of him moving to another team, maybe against his will. I always want to be a Texan, that type of storyline. But this where it was, yeah, I'm just going to kind of play the field and see who's going to want to give me a lot of money. Here we are. And as you also mentioned, it's okay to want the notoriety on social media to get the likes, to get the clicks, to have some fun with it. You don't have to pretend that you're not trying to do that, though. We know. We see it. Just accept it and have some fun with it. It's okay. You don't have to keep this charade up. Like Peloton being part of this storyline. This fake account has this profile change that says Bills, Browns, Packers. From KJ Watts' Twitter account. It wasn't even his actual name, but people thought, well, maybe he's using an alias, changing it. What did he miss? He missed the J, just kept going by accident, went down to the K. Okay, it happens. Nobody decided to look at the times that had been posted on the Peloton. They were not that impressive. People were beating JJ Watt in these bike distances in 30 and 45 minute intervals. I think he'd be pretty good on a bike, but it comes out that no. That was not his account. No, those teams weren't in the running. Yes, Arizona decided to pay him $23 million guaranteed. Of course he's going to go there. Now, there's also the question of, and was the question of, was he going to want to go to a Super Bowl contending team? From what we've discussed on this show previously during the regular season and in the postseason, we're not exactly high on the Cardinals to be that Super Bowl contending team as of now. They're a good football team. They can make the postseason, but I wouldn't put them as a Super Bowl runner. Maybe J.J. Watt feels that way. I'm not sure exactly what other teams that are Super Bowl contenders tried to get him. If there were said teams and he turned them down, Maybe he's not looking at this two-year deal as his swan song, and maybe he thinks that's coming. But we know that we know the Bills were interested, and you know we're in the mix, and they're clearly a Super Bowl contender. But you know, who are the other? You know, the Colts supposedly put more money on the table uh, than Arizona. Now that's a good fit for him in, in terms of the quality of the team. They're playing inside. Uh, but you're also playing, you know, in the same division as your former team. Maybe he didn't want to do that. Maybe uh, he wanted to show a little more loyalty. And I'm not saying this is even a possibility, but maybe you just said, you know, look, they were cool. They gave me my release. Uh, they let me move on. Uh, you know, the Colts are offering me the most money, but you're, that ain't right. And you, if he did that, good, good for him. Good for him. Because I think it would be kind of bush if you asked for your release and then you went and played uh, for a team in the same division. So that's the NFL news for the show. I know everybody's excited about it. They love talking football, talking NFL. That was well, the big news. The quarterback news, news remains the same, which, which right now is a lot of potential movement, but nothing happening. Right. Uh, do we really think that Russell Wilson is going elsewhere? No. Uh, do we believe that the Cowboys aren't either going to franchise or just sign Dak Prescott? No. Now, do we believe that 
Deshaun Watson is going to be out for him. Well, that's a different story. It's just Deshaun Watson, after meeting with his new coach, has absolutely positively told him, I ain't playing him. So, you know, who's going to offer those three first-round picks? Is it going to be the Jets? Is it going to be the Dolphins? Is it going to be anybody? Is Deshaun Watson going to bite the bullet and cost himself a ton of money and sit out and pay a boatload of fines? I doubt that. And if you're Houston, when do you start to pull the trigger? I know if I can get three first-round draft picks and a quarterback and two of them are this year, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I don't want a guy who just is absolutely positively told us he doesn't want to be part of the organization. He's not playing anymore. And has told the new coach, I'm not playing for you. I'm not playing here. I don't care what you say. I'm done. We had our meeting. I'm not playing here. I'm looking to make my best deal. If I can get two first round picks this year and one of them is, you know, a top five pick and a first round pick next year, and they're coming from a bad team, which means next year's pick will be probably a pretty high one as well. And I can get a quarterback with it. I'm doing it. If I get the Jets, two first-round picks this year, one next year, Sam Darnold, where do I sign? I'll sign that too. No question. I know the Jets said we're open to trade offers, but we're not actively looking to trade Sam Darnold. So call us. Have our people... Pick up your call, and we'll get back to you. We'll see what happens. We're not calling you, though, so hold on. We're not calling you guys. We'll see if anybody wants to be a suitor. We've talked about this several times, where we don't think Sam Darnold is as bad of a quarterback as maybe the New York or New Jersey media would lead you to believe. Oh, he's not. We know he's not because he's had horrible coaching. He's had horrible Horrible talent means there's talent. He's had no talent. Horrible talent means there's talented people there. There's no talent. Le'Veon Bell shot when he got there. No impact whatsoever. Uh, One decent receiver. Hideous revolving door offensive line. Been just a a nightmare. An absolute nightmare. And I, I think you know, change of scenery. Absolutely, positively. Now, I like I said, I, I would have loved to see him with the Colts. But the Colts made their move. They brought in Wentz. They got him for a song. And, you know, they reunited him with his former offensive coordinator. Wentz has still got a lot of years left. If he stays healthy, they think that's a good fit. Uh, that's their quarterback fix. And it may well be. They may have You ain't looking to catch lightning in a bottle now. You're looking just for him to basically – restart his career, rejuvenate his career after issues with the coach and the front office. And I guess the locker room and obviously injuries. So you know, hey, Chicago still needs a quarterback as well. I, I, mean, I assume they're parting ways with Mitch Trubisky. It certainly sounds like it, but he's still their quarterback. Last time I checked, Russell Wilson's got Chicago on his list. Why? I'm lost. Why would you want to go play in Chicago? Even a quick quarterback where quarterbacks go to die, you know, with the exception of Jim McMahon, whose career was very short because he had so many injuries. So that's not exactly the rest of us has been playing in the West, inside, you know, uh, 
the worst weather we ever played in is Seattle. You want to go play in Chicago? I mean, granted, you played in Wisconsin. You played in Wisconsin, so you know what it's like to play in the cold. So I'll give you that. But man, that's some cold ass weather to play in Chicago, or Minnesota. Inside. Wait. Wait. Is the new Minnesota Stadium got a dome or not? Got a roof? Yes, that's why the okay. Super Bowl, when it was played there, was that was the that was the play for them. We have a roof because outside it was brutally cold. Their other play was you could get to the stadium through these underground tunnels right, through the, the hotel. Yeah. That was their other play. You don't even have to go outside. It was like yeah. being in a Vegas casino. You could just stay in there for days, not realize what's going on in the outside world. So we don't know what the Bears are going to do. And what does Russell Wilson bring in a trade? He doesn't bring what Deshaun Watson does because he's 32. But you know how many first-round picks do you have to give him for Russell Wilson? Two? I would think at least. Is Russell Wilson great or really good? He was great at the beginning of last year. And then he turned into mediocre the last third of the season. And now he complains he doesn't like eating hit. Well, he's been a cool guy and at times a great quarterback. But I will say this. Russ, if you don't like getting hit, it may be time to start playing baseball. Because the sport you play, no matter how great you are or how great your offensive line is, even Tom Brady gets hit. I mean, about as often as Muhammad Ali, but you know, the plan, the way you play, you're going to get hit. But I still don't like the way he handled it. I just don't like the way he handled it. Sit down with the management. Sit down with your coach. Love love you. Love the group. Love what you've done for me. But we got to change some things. I'm tired of getting hit. I'm getting beat up. I'm 32. I feel 62. I do everything I can. But we tried it your way. Uh, we got to do something to fix this offensive line. We got to give him more time to throw. And if you want to run the ball more uh, with your mindset of, you know, the ground game is key, but we got to prove this offensive line as well. Because either way, we're not good enough to run it. They're not good enough to protect me. So that's a problem. But, you know, once again, air in the dirty laundry. And you know, it's not like he's doing it in a place where they suck. They're always good. So I just thought it was surprising. And to me, it's got nothing to do with the power of today's athlete. It's got nothing to do with, uh, you know, wanting to have a say in the front office, wanting to, you know, choose your teammates. I, I just think, Russell Wilson handled this very poorly. Russell Wilson's got to let he's a quarterback in the National Football League, a star quarterback. They always have power, but I just don't like the way he handled it. I thought it was very, I thought it was unprofessional. This has got nothing to do with let's recognize the power of athletes and they have voices and they want to play a role, et cetera. Uh, I don't buy into that here at all. I just think this is a guy who handles the situation very poorly. Well, the way you hear about 
Pete Carroll as a coach and the locker room he builds and the relationship he has with his players and coaching staffs, you wouldn't think he would be the coach with his team where this would happen. Not to say that you're not allowed to speak out and have an opinion, although Russell Wilson has been like that for pretty much his entire career. When you interview him after a game, you're not going to get anything except a definitive go Hawks at the end. You know that's at least coming. But he's not going to give you anything of substance, which a lot of quarterbacks don't. And you could argue they should. You're better off that way. Just keep it. We're going to play the game and look ahead day by day. Take it week by week, game by game. We got to get better in all three phrases. Blah, blah, blah. I love the way I love that we got to get better in all three phases. All three phases. That's the one that's just, that's the killer. But it comes out that his agent is saying, we want to stay in Seattle. We're good. However, however, though, you know, if you were going to trade us, here's four teams I'd like to go to Cowboys, Saints, Raiders, and Bears. What? This was from Russell Wilson's camp? And those are the teams he wants to go to? What's, what is happening? It was very bizarre. Very unlike Russell Wilson and very unlike the Seahawks. But maybe he's just gotten to a point with them where he's fed up with how things have gone. Maybe he's tried to sit down with them behind closed doors and got nowhere over the past couple seasons. He's like, forget it. I'm going out and I'm going to try this. So we'll see if anybody listens. We'll see if anybody bites. We'll see if Dallas wants to trade Dak Prescott away and flip the world. Do you make that trade? Do you make that trade if you are either team? I think if you're a Cowboys fan, you'd like to see Russell Wilson as your quarterback instead of Dak Prescott. If Dak Prescott, and we don't even know that this is the case yet, and we probably won't for a while. If it's Dak Prescott and he never got hurt. So let's look at it, the, the best case scenario for Dak Prescott, because we don't know how healthy he's going to be after the injury. But let's say he never got hurt. Would you trade the age? I'd rather Russell Wilson because I have seen more to think that you'll get because I would view Russell Wilson's better quarterback than Dak Prescott. I think yeah, you've I, seen I, and, enough. And I like Prescott. Me too. I like Prescott. He's, I think he's a good kid. He, yes. I, I really like the way he's handled himself yes. throughout. He's, he's been a, he's been a pro. And he was in college too. He was pro. fun to watch in college. He's, he's throughout. the same guy then as he is now. I didn't think he'd be this good a pro. I never thought he'd be a starting quarterback for a, a good Dallas Cowboy football team. No. And put up either. these kind of numbers. I thought he was a pretty good college player. Now, again, in today's NFL, and I don't make it sound like you know he's just decent. He's a, a, a you know, he he's a certainly a, a top half quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. If not higher, maybe a top ten quarterback uh, when he's at his best. But if you're top ten in this National Football League, you put up gaudy numbers. Yep. You put up crazy numbers because of the way the rules are now. And I, at his best, I, he's probably a top 10 quarterback at his best. But the question becomes now, how healthy is he? And what are they going to do with him? Are they going to stay up by franchise him and then work out a deal? This is what we thought last year. Right. They franchise him and then work out a deal. Doesn't feel like they're willing to 
put all their chips down and say, he's our guy for the next Absolutely. six, seven years. Let's, and let's no matter cook. how much they talk, but how much they love him and they love him. Could it Jerry Jones loves him. But when push comes to shove, I don't get me wrong. Jerry Jones paid a ton of money regardless, but they don't want to go long-term for big money for Dak Prescott. Now, is that because they think there's something better behind door number two? Is that because they're concerned about his health? Or is that because they simply don't think he's worth that kind of money and they have other needs? And it's amazing how this team has gone from the best offensive line in football to suddenly the offensive line three years later is old, shot, needs to be repaired. The running back who was given way too much money, way too much money off of a terrific start to his career has turned mediocre very quickly and can't just can't seem to, you know, he, he just can't seem to, to do the right thing. Wrong place, wrong time, whether it's, you know, opening his mouth, whether it's, you know, being at the wrong place at the wrong time for Thanksgiving or whatever the case may be. Um, That was a bad signing. That was a bad investment because it is not in any way, shape or form resulted in dividends for the people who made the investment. He's making out like a thief in the night, but the team certainly is not. He has not been the same player. He's not had the same impact and he's not looked like the same. Let's take a quick break to pay the bills. He's Al Renato. I'm John Lund. We'll be right back with the new report, old report here on Sports Radio America. We welcome you back. I'm John Lund. He's Al Renato, and this is the new report, old report. Football will continue to spit out its news, so y'all don't have to worry about that. A sport that is spitting out more and more news at all hours of the day and night, courtesy of Joe Lunardi, is college basketball. It's a great time for Joe. Bubble time, bubble time. I remember you folks, we told you that the NCAA tournament was going to be in a bubble. We did. And indeed, and we told you a long time ago, we told you that the MLB playoffs were going to be bubbleicious. Indeed, they were. And we told you that they were going to bubble it up for the NCAA tournament. That's the only way it was going to happen. And that's exactly how it's happened. And with an interesting caveat to it. Lord, I can't go back. Indianapolis, indeed. Can't wait. Field of 68. Your Duke Blue Devils, my beloved Syracuse Orange, right now on the outside looking in. You're much closer than I am, although the Orange did finish strong after being blasted by the Dukies in Cameron Outdoor uh, Arena last week, where, as usual, Duke made about 97 threes and uh, then fell on their face in overtime to Georgia Tech, also lost to Louisville, also in overtime, I believe it or lost two overtime games, yep, correct? Two overtime yeah. games in a row. Duke is 3-9 and nine in games decided by 10 or fewer points, and all eight of their ACC losses have been by seven points or fewer as well. It's been Those are still losses, season. folks. Those are still losses. Spoken like a true Coach K uh, worshiper. <laughs> they still count as losses. The same way the uh, blowouts for Jim Beheim and my beloved Orange all count as losses. Yeah. 
uh, Syracuse only one loss at home this year. It's that Excellent. new Carrier right. Dome air conditioning, Al. I mean, the, exactly the, right. the breeze isn't blowing through when you walk in the door anymore, and look what's happened. That's I believe, been, the, only loss, I believe the only loss was to Virginia, but I'm not positive on that. Um, but they finished strong with a win against Carolina and a win today against Clemson, 9-7, and seven, but very poor against the uh, the upper echelon teams. And I believe they will have to go all the way to the ACC finals just to be considered. Just to be considered. Yeah. Let alone uh, make the tournament. Well, they're always a bubble team every year. So but somehow they're not they'll be to, continued. They're not close to the bubble. But this right isn't now. a typical bubble consideration for Syracuse. Here's how Lunardi has the on-the-bubble teams for those keeping track at home. These might change by the time we're done recording. And, folks, remember that Joel Lunardi has become – I don't want to say a living legend, but Joel Lenardi has turned this into not quite because it's basketball versus football and he hasn't been doing it as long, but Joel Lenardi has kind of become the Mel Kuyper Jr. of the aspect of his sport. Absolutely. When you think draft, you think Mel Kuyper Jr. When you think NCAA tournament selections, bubble, first four in, excuse me, uh, last four out, you can throw an Yep. Sorry, Gary Palm. You could throw. Sorry, Gary. Sorry, John Ross. Well, I was going to say, you could throw, if you're throwing like Todd McShay into the list along with. I'm not putting Todd McShay in. I spoke to Kuiper for the second, the third time in my life, Saturday, Sunday. Because I always, when they have, when I open it up for, for uh, callers from now, I always call them that always. Him and uh, Darren open twice on, on the draft. Once last year, once this year. I wanted to do it, but I didn't have the nerve to say it. You only have limited time. But I wanted to say to him, do me a favor. Tell McShay to show a little respect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kids today don't know. Mel's the OG at the at the NFL draft analysis game. He was the starter of this, and Joe Lenardi's turned himself into that as well. As you mentioned, you could throw in the Ken Palm ratings, the Rothstein tweets. Ken Palm, sir. But you could also just make it all about Joe, which I'm sure Joe would appreciate for all the work that he puts in. And this fluctuates several times a day. By the time... A broadcast crew mentions it on one game. It's different by the time the game ends, and that's what makes it exciting. His last four buys. Last four buys, not last four in. Yeah, now he he has four four columns now for his on the bubble, and it starts with the last four buys. So he's got Louisville, UConn, Georgia Tech, and VCU. The last four in. This is up to the moment. This is up to the moment. ESPN's got to refresh this. Right on their website. They, they don't probably have an option for you to print it out. Not worth it. it. Might change by the time it fires out of the printer. Last four in. We've got Drake, Seton Hall, Michigan State, and oh. Xavier as the last four in. How about Michigan State making it into that after a, a lost season of sorts coming up to this point? Tom, the war criminal is I do miss having us be able to talk about Michigan State. They haven't been good enough to really be in a conversation of anything, but that you beat Indiana, and now you get Michigan. 
on Friday, Thursday, I'm sorry. Now you get to play Michigan actually twice in a row. So we'll see what happens with them on whether or not they remain in this bubble once that's over. I would guess they'd have to win one of those games. twice. <laughs> be a shame. First four out. Boise State, Utah State, St. Louis, and Duke. And then the next four out after them, Indiana, SMU, Memphis, and your Syracuse Orange. Wow, we made it up to next. We made it up to next four You're out. We're in the next, the next four out. Wow. After the first four. So not bad. Joel, but Joel says the pack keeps backing up. So if you keep winning games, the pack will back up to you. That's it. Never know. Orange win a couple games in the ACC tournament. Maybe it'll be enough. The interesting thing for Duke. And the interesting thing for just the blue blood, well-known teams in general is that name is that would the committee favor them ahead of a, a VCU or Utah state, a St. Louis, would they put Duke in because of what's on their Jersey? Not necessarily on their resume for this season, especially in a year where it's been so crazy in the sports world Maybe they would think people would want some of that continuity when they're filling out their bracket. Well, so the people who don't watch every day go, oh, Duke is in. Two issues to deal with. One that works against them is the fact that we're not trying to fill up an arena at the usual one of the usual Duke sites somewhere in North Carolina you know, or, or New York because we always put Duke in North Carolina or New York. Right. I've seen them in New York. So that's not going to happen. We don't have to worry about filling an arena and having Duke there to fill the arena. What we always have to worry about is TV ratings. So if it comes down to Duke and Boise State, who do we think they're going to pick? As much as people would like them to be purists and pick the better on-paper team, I would. I have a really hard time believing that they're not going with the blue blood schools, the more well-known schools, if they can make an argument for it and they'll scrape the bottom of the bucket until they can. Well, they're going to, first of all, they're going to have to play their way in. Yeah. Because, uh, who do they, how many games do they have left to have North Carolina coming up on Saturday in a, I forget the percentage, but people will be at this game at North Carolina. They open the doors up at Chapel Hill and, and that's, and, that's and the last well, game. That's the tournament. Is, is it the last game? That's it. So how many they lost in a row? Three in a row or two in a row? Two in a row, both in overtime. As you said, though, those are those are still losses. They're eleven and ten, ninth in the ACC. They went on a four-game winning streak, which included your Orange, as you mentioned, and Virginia, the seventh-seeded Virginia at the time. Yeah, that was the one that I thought was going to get them in. That kind of put everyone on notice. Maybe here they come, getting hot at the right time, and then two and they overtime blow out Syracuse, losses. and then they, they lose to both Louisville and Kentucky. In OT. So if they lose, here's what I think. If they lose to North Carolina and lose in the first round of the tournament, they're done. Absolutely. They can't, there would be, you couldn't possibly argue for them at that point because they'd, they'd have a, they wouldn't even have a 500 record. Right. Now if they beat, if they beat Carolina and win the first game in the ACC tournament, they're in. I can't argue against that. I would say, win two in the tournament. You know, let's let's win as many as we could. But I think the argument for them getting in, 
especially if they can beat Carolina, not handedly, but game in hand, kind of how Carolina did to them the first time around when North Carolina won, especially it being at their place with fans. You just got to win the game. Got to win the game. You got to win the question about it. Because if they lose that, then they've got to win the tournament and then pray. And I don't, I think if they lose to North Carolina twice, that's troublesome. Troublesome indeed. The number one seeded teams might be a little different for those getting their work brackets out. Hey, put $20 in the hat. We're putting our work bracket together with the other 500 people that work in the company. And they're going to see Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan, and Illinois as of now as the number one seeds. The accountants are going to be wondering what the hell happened this year. I don't see much of a chance of that changing. The only thing that changed last night with this was what region. I think Michigan and Illinois swapped positions. I don't see any of those teams being bounced from a one seed. I don't think so either. I think it, if anything, they would bounce around what region they play in. Yeah, agreed. I think there's a big enough separation we all heard all along was Gonzaga Baylor, Gonzaga Baylor, Gonzaga Baylor. Then Baylor loses to Kansas, which I wasn't really surprised. You know, coming off the COVID uh, scenario for Baylor, uh, then they beat. You know, uh, uh, look, Bob Huggins' team's pretty good. They beat uh, Huggy Baylor's Washington team in overtime in a very good game, which is a really good win for Baylor. Clinched their first title since. They were the Southwest Conference champs in 1950. How about that? How about that? That, folks, is 71 years ago was the last time Baylor won a conference title in basketball. With those of our listeners too young to remember, the old report remembers the Southwest. Well, just let people know that is older than you, the 71 years. You're not that old yet. The Southwest Conference folks, is where Texas used to be. It's where Baylor used to be. It's where Texas A&M and Texas Tech used to be. It's where SMU used to be. It's where Houston used to be, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, uh, before it was dissolved and those teams merged into some into the Big 12. Some eventually moved over to the SEC. Some went to the Mountain West. It was a great conference, a great football conference. And it was fun bet Arkansas. Uh, Arkansas was one of the memory serves me correct. Arkansas was the only non-Texas member of the Southwest Conference. Let's take a quick break to pay the bills. He's Al Renato. I'm John Lund. We'll be right back with the new report, old report here on Sports Radio America. We welcome you back. I'm John Lund. He's Al Renato, and this is the New Report, Old Report. It's interesting seeing those names in the top four, and, and even if you go through the top ten and see Iowa and uh, Ohio State and Alabama and it not be football-related, Houston coming back from Kelvin 30 Sampson years out. Squad, another war, Kelvin Sampson, another, another long-time war yeah. criminal, yeah. taking his club you know, into the top ten and seeing Alabama there. How about that? It's crazy. The interesting wrinkle, too, for this stretch period here for some teams and some conferences has been fans being allowed back into stadiums. Now, granted, it's at 
low percentage for the majority of them. Some of them, the way it sounds on TV, it seems like the place is full, depending on what state you're in and who's running things. But now you're getting some places, fans are trickling in and making, I'm assuming, sort of an impact on the game. College basketball, as you know, fans can be the sixth man. Oftentimes well, it's clearly are. what we've missed most from all the sports in my mind. As, as I said to you and our listeners, you know, I thought that the one that, the, the, the sport that would suffer the most would be college football, and I was wrong you know, because of the rabid nature of the fan base uh, and it being once a week and the fans putting so much into it and so looking forward to it, you know, game day, et cetera. Uh, not that we don't have it for basketball, we do. But I was dead wrong. Uh, it, it was, to me, much more prevalent, or I should say much more obvious, the impact that no fans had from uh, you know, an NCAA basketball scenario. Because it's just like you're watching scrimmages with nobody in the building. Again, the flip side to that is NCAA college football Great TV sport. And, you know, if it's still only happening once a week, well, everybody's pumped up to watch it. And they're excited about their team. Even though they can't go, you're still only competing once a week. So you're pouring everything into that Saturday or, you know, that Friday night or even if if you're watching uh, the Mac, the Wednesday night game, whatever the case may be, it's still the once in a week, once a week deal. So, you know, there's only nine, 10, 11 of these in the slim season, eight, you know, six if you're Ohio State. So watch as much as I can and I'm fired up. Whereas, you know, again, the NCAA hoops, you just, you don't get anything remotely resembling the same field. Maybe it's because it's inside. Uh, You're used to seeing the fans close in proximity to the court. Not so much in football. You see them with the expansive buildings and the huge crowds. But, you know, you're not used to seeing a basketball game without literally seeing the fans in the same, in, you know, in that screen that you see the court. Right. Whereas in football, you see the field and you won't see the fans unless they pan to the fans. You're used to seeing the fans in your screen. It's, and it's incredibly noticeable. Basketball game. So that is sorely missed. And obviously the impact it has on the players and momentum swings and shifts and noise and home court advantage. It's just not the same. Fortunately for some teams, though, they have the benefit of 25% capacity, a half-full house down the stretch if they have home games to help them out. And conversely, if you're on the road thinking that, all right, we're going to play in front of another empty gym, now all of a sudden there's fans, even if it's 15% capacity up to 25, if it goes to 50, whatever the number might be, you got to change some things because you're used to being in an empty gym changing things as far as even play calling where you can't hear your coach when you're at the other end of the floor. Cause now there's people banging benches and chairs trying to rattle you off. So it was an interesting dynamic somewhat, I guess getting teams ready for the tournament because they will allow fans in Indianapolis, 25% capacity at all the gyms. So that's going to be something to contend with for teams that either won't see fans at all in that capacity because of 
what conference they play in or where they've played their games, or some teams will be ready for it. They'll know what to expect. So that's, that's an interesting wrinkle that will happen once the tournament begins and an interesting wrinkle that could also impact things. We'll see if it happens. As we mentioned, everything's bubbled, but what happens if a team has to shut itself down? They're sure that they're done. Now they get substituted out of the tournament basically a next man up type scenario. So there's a chance that say Gonzaga, America's darling who hasn't done anything championship wise since they become America's darling. They're like the America's team, the Cowboys get your hopes up. They lost in the finals. uh, My, my memories of Gonzaga is Adam Morrison on the ground in tears. And it hasn't gotten any better they, they sense. Had, they had the lead with a minute to go. Yeah. Close it out, Al. I'm going to rip Gonzaga until I can't anymore. And this might be the year that happens. And it probably should have been last year, too. But there's a chance if the unfortunate, most unfortunate thing were to happen and they can't field a team, it's next man up. Maybe it's Duke. Maybe it's Syracuse. Who knows? Yeah, but that's taking over the, the one seed. That, that's for the first. Right, round. it only works in the first round. So if it's the second round and that happens to your team, you just forfeit the game. Unfortunately, right. right. So and we don't want that to happen. No, exactly. we don't I, want it to happen. It's worst case scenario, no matter when With it the happens. The possible exception: we, the only teams we want it to happen to would be Duke or Michigan State. Of course, of course. That's why, as a, as like a villain tying a woman to the train tracks, I would love for it to go. The number one seed can't play. In comes Duke. <laughs> so watch the world burn. That not only is Duke in the tournament, there are one seed. They're playing the 16. <laughs> Look, Mark Few has done an amazing job. Yes. He took over for Coach Morrison, who may have made one of the worst decisions in the history of collegiate sports. When he started that program, really built it from the ground up, and then left for the Minnesota job. Huge mistake. And Mark Few took over the reins and has just built it into a West Coast juggernaut, the small Catholic school in Spokane. And they are now an every year occurrence. They're not cute little Gonzaga anymore. They are a team that you expect to go uh, deep into the tournament. They're a team that you expect to be a top two or three seed every year partially because their conference blows and they put up incredibly gaudy numbers because they fire and away the kids from their conference. And two things happen with that. Number one, when you're the king of your conference, you build up an incredibly gaudy regular season record because you rarely lose in your conference, if at all. And the second thing is you get a reputation uh, for every year being there uh, which, in the minds of the committee, keeps you atop the seating chart because you're incredibly consistent, and you know they want to give kudos and credit to the regular season, and they go out and they schedule non-conference opponents, so they do everything the way it's supposed to be done. What cuts against you is, you know, not enough high-caliber opponents, not enough close games to deal with crunch time. And that always comes up as a bugaboo in this tournament because how are they going to handle that close game? Yeah. Because they haven't had one yet. Right. 
to his credit, they are wonderfully successful, incredibly consistent. They'll go anywhere and play anybody. They are trying to become the first team to enter the tournament undefeated. Now, remember, not nearly as many games because of the pandemic. But then if they bat out on the conference tournament, which we all expect them to do, but you never know what may happen. They'll be the first team to enter the tournament undefeated since John Calipari's uh, Kentucky team uh, with Kyle Anthony Towns and company, the Twins, etc., that lost a very, very uh, difficult game to, correct me if wrong, Wisconsin? That's right. It's the year they got to the... When we were like, why are they playing again? They got to the national championship, right? And they lost to Duke. Yeah, that's too bad. Sorry, Wisconsin. But that Kentucky team got hosed. They have to play Wisconsin. Yeah, they did. Um, they should not have had to play Wisconsin. Uh, they did. And the last team to be the top-ranked team preseason and go through the season and the postseason, never having given up that top spot, was unfortunately Duke. It's too bad. And I believe 91-92. It was two uh, years old, so can't be as excited about it. <laughs> So you, you you were a Duke fan already because you figured, oh, they've won two in a row. I'll root for them. No, I had to wait 10 years, and then I did the exact same thing of they won, and okay, I like Duke. So uh, <laughs> that was the last team with Christian Leitner and company yeah. to do this. And I think Gonzaga's got a real shot. I really do. Uh, if you were to say to me, uh, Gonzaga or the field, I would, you know, you're always going to take the field. Yeah. But I give Gonzaga a great shot at winning the whole thing. Well, to me, this will be like the commentary we made for Aaron Rodgers when they got to the championship game in the NFC. This is all setting up to be your year. Show us something. And I was, and I, excuse me, I was, I was dead wrong because, you know, I was like, things have a way of coming around, yada, 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 certain things, just they have their way, timing, everything is right. And you know, the stars are aligned, home, finally, terrific season, MVP, everything falling exactly the way you would want it to fall. And, you know. Turns out he was, he was getting, he was engaged at the time or getting engaged. Maybe that's what screwed everything up, Al. Little did we know. Usually does. Usually Little does. did we know. So it comes Usually out does. a couple of weeks back. He's engaged. Well, maybe that's what did it. We, we had no idea. Always raise his ugly head. That's kind of how yeah. it's looking for Gonzaga. The stars are aligning. Last year was going to be the year. And unfortunately the, Tragedy of the world happened. Run it back. Same team, basically. Let's see what happens this year. We're undefeated. We're rolling. Different circumstances for how crowds will be. It's not going to be packed arenas hoping you'll lose. Though, granted, they would probably be a team that the crowd could get behind at tournament games. It's always exciting when that happens. So they would have fans on their side. They can play the Cinderella card, depending on who they play through here, even though they're not Cinderella's. They can fly under that radar still. You always worry about them in two types of games. Obviously, one, the, the, the white knuckler down the stretch. 
because they've had so few of them during the regular season. And the other one is that game against the team, you know, that's going to be physical with them. Because they're usually a finesse team, even though they're athletic, they usually don't have a a lot of physicality on the inside. Um, Not that they're not strong or tough, but you know the types of guys we're talking about. I'm talking about, you know, the, the real bruiser types who like to bang you as much as the officials will let you. And even if you can take it, sometimes it plays with you because you're not used to it. And if the calls aren't going your way, you get frustrated and maybe you bang back and you get called for it. Or maybe it just takes you out of your game because you can't adjust. It just doesn't allow you to play the way you're used to normally, the way you're used to playing. And then you know what happens? It's one and done. Game's close. Start to get a little tight. Next thing you know, you're thinking about Jesus Christ. This can't happen. And all of a sudden, your tournament's over. And you've lost to a team that you're clearly better than. Yeah. Because they're the best team in the country. No doubt in my mind. No doubt in my mind. We'll see where they end up falling as far as the bracket goes, how favorable the matchups will be. And at long last, now that it's March, we're able to talk about college basketball and see the next moves Joe Lunardi will make come this time next week. We'll be in the conference tournaments and we'll talk a little bit more about who we think will be crowned champion and could break through the bracket or bust up the bracket. Always a fun time of year for that. And there's other sports that happen and the national football league will most likely be part of our discussion as always. Al, it's always MLB a pleasure. Spring, we'll do it again next week. MLB spring training kicking off. We'll be on tap with that. That'll be on tap next week as well. Uh, for all of our friends and listeners, thanks for being aboard. Uh, for my partner, the great John Tiny Lund. Until next time, I am Al Renato, okay, Al from White Plains. Have a great sports week, everybody. We'll be back 8 p.m. Eastern time here on Sports Radio America. You can listen at sportsradioamerica.com and interact with the show there as well, or find us on the TuneIn app by searching for Sports Radio America. You can also follow John Lund under the same handle on Twitter at London Bridge. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>